You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. Program brought to you by Gray Wolf Golf Course. Sprawling hills, breathtaking views. The number one rated public golf course in British Columbia by Score Magazine. Unforgettable mountain golf. You want to be in one, don't you? Don't you want to be number one? Perfectly masters the balance between challenge and enjoyment. Escape to beautiful Panorama BC for authentic mountainside golf. 18 of the most spectacular fairways in the world, capped by the diabolical sixth hole cliffhanger. Experience Grey Wolf Golf Course. The 2022 tee sheet is now open. Book tee times now at greywolfgolf.com. Go get it. Get it. Did you see uh, what's happening in Winnipeg? Or or I guess uh, What's Manitoba? about to happen in yeah. Manitoba? Yeah, I think we quickly referenced it. No, we didn't do a show yesterday. It wasn't that. No, um, I'm not sure you're, yeah, the, what you're talking about. The, they're expecting feet, not inches or centimeters of snow. The Seattle Kraken were going to play in Winnipeg tonight. They're on a road trip, you see. They were in Calgary last night, play Winnipeg, except that because of extreme weather conditions in mm. Winnipeg, they're saying, no, because you may not get out. You may get in, but you won't leave. Right. And if there's a place that you'd want to get out. Definitely want to be able to get out of it. Get that long bus ride to Fargo. You don't want to get stuck on the highway there. Yeah. So even even the Jets left early for a road trip so they could get out. Uh, going to Florida, I believe, which is tough to take. I feel for that. That's rough. But yeah, in, in feet, like two feet. Men. Of snow. How do you keep, uh, how do you get UFAs if you're the Jets? You have to, that's where you keep your picks. Though. How do you, you do You draft it? well, you keep your picks. You hope people like hunting and fishing and mosquitoes. My wife really likes shovels. in, let's say, January, February to go to, you know, farmer's market and take the kids out in the stroller and uh, walk the dogs. What, what, is there places to do that in Winnipeg? Oh, yeah. We have a, got a lot of places for stuff like that. Did you say um, stroller or dog sled? What did you? Man. Uh, so uh, one less game on the old schedule tonight but last night the seattle crack and we're in town on the winter i'm gonna say what about the, the calgary flames and uh, you know what it was you know what it was it was some good old-fashioned barn painting last night was that barn painting that was some barn painting hanging around down three to one ew not and clearly the second best team on the ice well deserved being down three to one mm-hmm then you throw in a, there was a goal post, then you get to the third, there's another goal post, but the flames find a way and it's the find a way flame. You don't care, I guess. We, and we talked about it earlier or, or do you care? When do you start to care about how the team looks in either defeat or in victory? But I think Daryl Sutter goes into the room after two. We're going with the backup goaltender. We're switching the lines. Get your shirt together. And then, shortly thereafter, and I don't know if it's a result of that or not, but they, I mean, you get a power play. It's going to help. Mm. And Goudreau gets .100, and it brought the building to life. Mm-hmm. I think it brought the team to life. Then the power plays, and you're like, hmm. And, and then they were. I guess that was the power plays. Yeah. yeah. Then they were cruising. So, and and, and I you hear from Treliving, and probably even, you know, 
Sutter to a certain extent, but they talked about it on the, on the telecast last night. There's your A game, your B game, your C game. Yeah, Kelly Rudy's like, that's a C game. That is a C-level game, a C-grade game from the Calgary Flames, and you found a way to win it. You don't, you don't need to love. You're not going to be great 82 out of 82. You're not going to be great 60 minutes out of 60 minutes. But I wonder how much credit do you give them for finding a way last night? Yeah, absolutely you do. They, they weren't at their best, but they won. And good on them to find finding a way to win. I mean, you when you're in that locker room after 40, you can't go back and change your opening 40. You can control what's left. Give them credit for that. Give Dan Vladar credit for coming in and being great. I, I we like we'll talk about it with Woodley tomorrow, but coming in after 40 is not the same as knowing you're playing that day and going through game day skate and stretching and all the other routines. You're off the ice way later when you're getting extra work on a game day as the backup. I don't think that's easy to do. He's made it look easy twice this year. He came in down 3-1 in Dallas after 40, right before the All-Star break. They won that game. That was their only win this season when they trailed after 40 minutes. And then they did it again last night, going to Vladar after 40 minutes, down 3-1. And he did it again. Uh, and yeah, like the top line, I feel like against a team like Seattle where you have last change, it's not if, it's when. Mm-hmm. And it when was the third period. And it, it did feel like that was a factor. Johnny, are you, are you shooting? Are you passing? Get, Got to get to this 100-point plateau. Um, I guess his final thought on, on Vladar, and I said it earlier. You play against Colorado or one of the top teams, there's a chance you could go in. Maybe things go sideways. Mm-hmm. You probably don't think Markstrom's going to get pulled against the Seattle Kraken. No. So if you were hammering so hot dogs yeah. in, the, in the first period intermission, I'd understand it. I'd get it. So credit to him who comes in. Then he makes the big save. Then they come to life. And you, you beat the Kraken. But at the same time, you didn't deserve to beat the Kraken, but you found a way. They have two back-to-backs remaining. So I think uh, the minimum is going to be two Vladar starts uh, for the remainder of the year. And we've talked about it a ton. I'm going to phrase it differently rather than asking for less of Markstrom. There, to me, is no downside of more Vladar. Like, what is the worst thing that can happen if they play Vladar more? I mean, I'm not like, fooled. I know what you're, I know what do, you're trying but, to but do. But do try to give me like a, something yeah, really scary that could happen. He's been, he has been great. He's, he's totally should be reassuring anyone's fears of a guy that really, what did we know before this season? Six games in the league? Yeah. Like, we didn't know anything about this guy at the NHL level. We knew that he was a good AHL goalie. We don't really have a lot of very good goaltending metrics from that league. Things look good at the American League. Too too small a sample to know in the NHL. But there really should be no concern at all about putting him in. And even if you were concerned, you've given yourself a cushion. Oh, they got oh, a cushion. You, you, yeah. They've, they have nine games left. If they win three, the Oilers would have to run the table to beat them. Like, what are the odds of this team going three and six at this schedule? Like, it's almost zero. Never mind the Oilers. What's the chance of them winning all eight remaining games? That's incredibly slim as well. Like, he can't. There's no way they're not finishing first here. Like, I literally can't think of one downside of, of playing him more here. Now, clearly, you have to get Markstrom into a groove he wants to be in heading towards May two or three, whenever the playoffs start for the Flames. But beyond getting the number one in a rhythm, have Adam. Let him yeah. go. And he started one home game this year, too. He started two home games this year. That's wild to me that you're going to play 41 games at home and he might have three starts at home. I know this is hard for people listening in in your headphones or in your car, whatever you're doing, but working backwards from the end of the season, the last two games of the year are back-to-backs. Yeah. 
And then earlier in the week on Tuesday, it's Nashville. So Markstrom will play probably two of those three. I think so. And Nashville's an interesting one because that's a team that you're about a coin flip to face. So, so there may be some more, I guess, strategic maneuvering from the coach in terms of who he wants the other team to see in net and such. Now, what date are you uh, pontificating as being potential start of the playoffs? May 2 or 3. So April 29th is a Friday. That means Saturday is the 30th. I believe it's only 30 days in April. Right. So that would make May 1 a Sunday. And then Monday or Tuesday, that, that that's typically the gap we see between the end of the season and the start of the playoffs. Now, it's a weird year. Everything's been pushed back. They started late. They had an Olympic break. They had a COVID pause. The Olympic break never happened. But generally speaking, you will see the playoffs start two to three days after okay. the season ends. So the point I was going to make there is if you would agree Markstrom will play two out of those three, mm-hmm. that gives him two games in about a nine-day span. Mm-hmm. Because there's two, day, there's two days off, Nashville, off day, then back-to-backs. So that's and then you get at least two or three days to the playoff start. But that's so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's I'm with you. I'm helping you there. That's seven. Make let's call it nine, ten days. Even if he plays a lot in the next two weeks, he's still going to be. You're still going to relatively get relatively fresh there. A considerable amount of uh, of, mm-hmm. of rest there. So I don't know what he, I, he'll play tomorrow. He'll he, definitely play tomorrow. I'd think with Vegas. Yeah, he'll probably play Vancouver because he does. Probably play Dallas, or maybe you go Vladar against Dallas in the whole this don't is, show your yeah. goaltender to a potential playoff opponent. And, and that's what I wonder about because there's three games in there that are your the team you're most likely going to face in round one. Dallas or Nashville is what's very likely going to happen for the Flames in round one. So do you want them to have a good look at Markstrom here or not? Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you've been t- putting a lot of notes together there. You've got, uh, what What have you got on there? You've got some Blue Jay stuff. Yeah, there, there's your lineup. you got a lineup. you got a there's rotation. Your there's your bullpen. There's yeah, your bench. Yeah. And then over here, we had the lineup for the Flames last night. And right. then if they're healthy, maybe the way you construct things. Plus, they had those line shuffles last night. I still think Daryl's trying to figure out lines two and three. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Let's, as good as he is, they are, something is is just not jiving and it doesn't seem quite right in lines two and three. You know what it to is? Foley, right, to Foley, it doesn't seem to be quite as dangerous. They don't have an offensive center to play with Toffoli and Manjapani. No. So it, what what's Backlund's job? Well, he can he provide a little offense, sure. Uh, but generally speaking, he's an elite defensive center. And so who do you put with him? Toffoli's not a natural answer. Now, there's been a lot of time he spent with Manjapani, all the different iterations of the 3M line. He was in a few of them with Michael, Backlund, and Manjapani. Mm. But Kelly Yarncrook also, Yarncrook is also isn't an offensive center necessarily. He's still more of that defensive shade. Um, so, so where to put Toffoli and where to put Coleman, where to put Dubé. I'm still curious about Ruzicka, although I think his last few performances may keep him on the outside looking in for a while. But it's just not a perfect fit, and that's okay. It's kind of like, uh, you know, every, every team has got a spot where you're like, yeah, it could be a little better than that spot. Oh, you could do a little better. Oh, Tampa, you could have a little bit of a better of a backup. Whatever it is, no team's roster is perfectly constructed, but it still feels like they'd love a centerman that is really good offensively and creating chances right. that Toffoli could finish or Majapani on the other. So then, I mean, that's not going to happen. No, so, so not, I mean, unless Ruzicka plays well and catches fire between those two, I don't think that's going to happen. No. So do you have a 
a setup that in your mind would be the way you would put it together? Well, I think you want Carpenter in. He wasn't last night. The, um, in but terms that's of line in, four. But in terms of those top, the top line. I, I well, don't want Lewis on line three. I want Lewis on line four, right? So What stinks is that Yarncroke misses five games because he, because he's sick. Because you get him in, start to play, get comfortable. Then you miss a week. Mm-hmm. Now you're almost starting from scratch. He looked a little, and again, played on two or three different lines. Um, I dropped down to the fourth line. He and Lewis split some time there for a couple of shifts, at least in the second period. Mm-hmm. It's almost like he's starting from scratch again. Yeah. And it's where, where, what are we doing with you? Like you say, are you going to be part of a defensive shut, like a big time shutdown Tampa Bay, you know, that third line, mm-hmm. is that what we're going to try and do? Or, or do you maybe have more offense to give? Do you have more offense when you're on the wing? That's a question I'd like to ask, too. He's not been creating chances like crazy, and that's okay. That's not what he's, you know, where he necessarily creates value and why he's in the NHL. But I still wonder, if you put him, Backland, and Coleman together, if that wouldn't be the best checking line that – that'd be better than most teams' best checking line they could put together. You, you, those three players are elite defensively. So that leaves you to Foley. Manjapani and who at Manjipani center. Manjapani and someone at center. So is, Now, we've seen Dubé at center, but maybe not since this nice run. After he's been healthy scratch, I think Dubé has been one of the best flames. Yeah. That's a lot of heavy lifting, though, if all of a sudden he's a 2C. You're in a series, say, against L.A., for example. You, you got him up against a Deneau or a Kopitar all night. That's, that's a tough ask for a kid that's played wing most of his life, or at least in the NHL. And for Ruzicka, again, he's in and out. Inconsistency probably keeps him out for a while. It's, it's quite the, the riddle or the, the puzzle here that, that Daryl's trying to solve. And we even saw Lewis as a third-line center, where, and I just prefer him at right wing on the fourth line. He's a nice guy to have that is flexible, but you're better when he's on your fourth line because – that pushes someone into the rafters that was there. Yeah, and I think... If, if, if you see Lewis, not Richie, I think you're better off. Why do you hate Brett Richie? I love Brett Richie. He's a great PTO-type guy, league men guy. He's given Just like all Michael the, Stone. All the Brett Richie you could expect, you've gotten out of that guy. You got three points now? Guy gives you the, his best Brett Richie impression every night. What was the impression we scored, like 15? Guy skates, guy four checks, gives you everything. Um, so I, I guess, you know, because uh, the reason I bring Joe it up, Chisad, I don't you, know that there's an easy fit here. You know what the top line is going to be. It got mixed up for the third. That's not a long term answer. You know what that's going to be. How would you build it? Because we're leaving. Everyone's leaving the top line together here. It, it, and I think they will until they run into trouble, which is what you saw last night. After 40, things look flat. So then they shuffle. But if the team's playing well, they're not breaking up that line. Mm hmm. I I think you keep. I think you keep Backland with Defoli and Manjapani, and just hope that Manjapani starts to pick it up a little bit. That that brings Defoli with him. It hasn't looked good, but doesn't been bad though. He hasn't he hasn't looked at least scoring wise hasn't been himself, because I don't with Defoli not the fastest boots and got some no. heavy boots. Someone's going to have to do a bit of the... Two good skaters with Toffoli I like, and that's what you've got with Backlund and, and Manjapani. But what does Toffoli do for you? What, what's his number one asset for you? It, scoring. It's scoring goals. Finishing, yeah. So even if it's not working right now, you need to find the best possible setup for him to score. And I don't think that's with Yarncroke yet at center, and I don't think that's with Ruzichka 
And I don't even think it's with Dubé at center. I think Dubé's moved to the wing, and he's excelled he's there. He's been great. So you, you keep him there. But it does feel like you've got one number one center and two defensive checking line centers behind him. When's the trade deadline? Go get a guy. But again, you got two and a half weeks to figure this out. And I think we have already seen Daryl taking a kick of the tires. I think we're seeing more Mackey than you would have if they were in Dallas or Vegas's spot. I think you've seen more Michael Stone than you would have under other circumstances because you don't need to push guys into playing if they're not 100. Other teams do at this point of the year. We're going to need to get some rest for Lucic, I think. Oh, is that right? So are you selling that, or are we? is that obvious? I mean, it is obvious, right? If we're going to talk about getting some guys in and out of the lineup mm-hmm. and potentially resting guys, he's a guy that could use a break. I don't know how you – he's probably not going to enjoy that conversation. I don't – maybe you don't. Maybe it's it would back-to-backs. Be a, it'd be a healthy scratch situation. I think the only way you can sell it is rest on back-to-backs. I don't think you can tell him he's not going to play for game one of the playoffs. I don't think he's going to – upset any Gatorade tubs either but he's a proud guy if you give him the half of those two back-to-backs off you give him two of the last nine off that'd be fine 748 for him last night was was on for a couple of the goals I believe that the Kraken scored Kraken so you got me get these guys some rest get Gutty back in there gotta get a Gutty sounds like it's good news on Shillington Saw his face yesterday. That's good. Yeah, and I don't think the coach minds him having to work his way back in. That's very Daryl-esque, right? Darryl, yeah. And they liked Mackey. They got a good look at Mackey. I don't think Mackey looks as good away from Tanev, and I think you could say that probably about Shillington. I think you could say that about all of Chris Tanev's partners. They all have looked better with him versus next to somebody else. So they're going to have some options, and they've got depth. You talked about it. Um, in the highly rated Instagram lives that we did last week. Yeah, that's right. That uh, the presence of Stone meant that they didn't have to go spend an asset to get a depth defense. And well, I think the presence of Mackey ain't that much different in the sense that For sure. if he's got to play 16 minutes, I don't think they're freaking out. So many impressions on those uh, Instagram so lives. So many, really? Yeah. yeah. Just a lot of impressions. Yeah. Yeah. Are we influencers yet? Because you can't even just look at who's watching at that time. It's people after the fact, right? They go and say, well, what, what is this? Oh, it's Boomer oh, and Pinter wow, were geez. doing this thing. That's an impression. Well, that's a nice quilt. I wonder where Boomer got that. So many impressions. Why is that dog not paying attention? This is a good show. This content's great. How can the dog just leave through that? That dog. Fucking dog. Love that dog. The good one? Why do you, well, yeah. Why do you hate dogs? Yeah, it's the other guy, not me. Here you go. Let's do some uh, out-of-town scoreboard stuff from last night. Because as you said, there were a billion games last there night. There were, yeah. A billion games. St. Louis, 8-0-1 in their last nine. Rolling. Tied with the Wild in the Central, who also win last night. They beat up on the Oilers. What a series that's going to be. So, yeah, you're going to have a a really good team with maybe no fault of their own. Don't be upset that it leaving. ends, Dean. Just be, just be glad that it happened. That we got to, that, Don't be missing the, this first-round series. This might be the best of them all. Robert Thomas is on a 10-game point streak. Tarasenko, get me out of here. 28 goals, two of them last night. Pair. Yeah. Tori Krug is back. He'd missed some time. He had a goal and a helper. And uh, Boston, who really could have done, they uh, have lost three of their last four. Yeah. Could have really passed Pittsburgh, because they're in a bit of a slide. We'll talk about that. But um, 
I don't know where. I have a hard time figuring out Boston because I really like how they're made, how, how they're put together. But then you watch a little bit. Well, maybe I'm thinking of. That, the whole division, though. Like, I think people, there's a lot of things to like about Tampa, Florida, Boston. And as much as we hate to say it, like Toronto's good at some things. Like all they need is two weeks of hot goaltending and they can certainly win a series as much mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, for the last ever they haven't. Leafs lose 5-2 last night. With that loss, uh, 7-1-1 one, and one in their last nine. So it's a take a deep breath. But yeah, uh, Buffalo has had no problem with the Leafs, 3-1 and one with them this year. How about Tage Thompson? 33 goals. Having a stinking season. 33. Just move a guy to center. That'll make it life easier. Said no one ever, but here he is. The debut of Owen Power. Good flow. What is that? Great flow. Oh, man. I mean, you what know what mop. it is? You what know what, what word kid. comes to? Luscious. Wow, yeah. Right? Yeah. His locks are so king luscious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tage Thompson, 59 points, 33 goals. What was his career high before this year? Uh, probably less than 10. Eight. Yeah. Pee in a cup. Eight goals last year. Those big guys, they take longer. Ask Chara. 33 goals right. this year. What about uh, old Tuck Dog there? You think he's happy? Tuck's a player, too. Alex Tuck, have a year, dude. So someone had noted this the other day. They've done a really good job of not only collecting young guys, which you do when you draft at the top of the draft. None of them are small. Cousins, 6'3". Like, Tage Thompson, 6'7". Six, 6'7's seven. Six, bananas. It's not so. The other young guys would talk about, like, Alex Tuck is 6'4", 220. I don't think people realize how much of a truck he is. Tuck the truck. Um, on the back end, Dahlin is 6'3". I don't think we think of him as that big. He is. Mm. Owen Power comes at 6'5", 215. He's 19. He's going to bulk up beyond that weight. Like, this, I understand how th- th- that's going to be a tough division to get in, but I think the days of Buffalo being a doormat are over, and it's weird, because I think the turning point when we look back is going to be that Eichel game, as weird as that is. He came back, mocked the crowd, Tuck scored, Peyton Krebs scored. Another guy that's not small. What's tough there, man, is you look at a year like what Thompson's had. Skinner now is a 30-goal guy again. He had 31. Skin dog. You got, good. you got some really good years out of guys. They and just yeah, need you, a goal. And you're still missed by a considerable amount. So, if you don't, so now what do you do? You go goaltender again? Well, one of the things that Elliot has been talking about the last couple of months, leading into the deadline especially, was – what are they going to do for Owen Power? Like, do you need a veteran defenseman? to? Are you going to spend some free agent dollars, maybe overpay a little to get a steadying force next to him to help him with his development? Or is he so good that you just put him with anyone? And I think that, that'll be an interesting thing to do because we don't often see defensemen make the jump from college to NHL look easy. Kale McCarr's done it. I think that's probably the end of the list. And he's such a... Adam Fox, too, maybe. Kale like, McCarr. Craig Anderson's 40. He ain't back. Dustin Tokarski. Street goalie. And then they have the youngster, Uko Pekalukanen, who's 23. I think they're high on him, but you got a goalie. Got a goalie go to Buffalo. That sounds like a finished law firm. Uh, Florida Panthers beat Anaheim. Poor, poor Gibby. John Gibson, franchise record 52 saves for the Ducks last night. It was apparently upside down, and they led 2-1. In the third. Oh, 10 and three in his last 13 starts. Can't get a win. Three goaltenders in Ducks history had 51 saves. Had their uh, their collective record shattered last night by uh, Gibby. 
J.S. Jaguar, Michael Stalenkov. Guy? We got a Guy in there? No. Ah. But you got a Jonas. Oh, yeah. Jonas had a 50-year in Calgary against Jonas Chicago Siller, back in the day. 51 stops. Holy. Yeah. They have two wins in the last 17 games. Meanwhile, Florida, uh, it's their 11th overtime win. They're one off of the uh, league record for most in a season. They've won eight in a row. Duclair, no big deal, 30 goals. And Huberto's OT winner was, uh, I mean, it's silly. Pieta Cup, as you said earlier, for uh, for Chris Kreider. What's happening? Not only do the 50 goals, he's 30 years old. Yeah, this is not normal. It might not be Mark Giordano Norris at 35 weird, but it's still weird. And I recall, if I'm correct, the year that Jeff Gorton sent out the, the, the letter to season ticket holders, be patient with us. Yeah. We're going to reload this thing, and we'll be better because of it long term, which I think more GMs should do, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was the, the deadline where they hummed and hawed about trading with the deadline versus re-upping him. It went right down to the wire, and he ended up signing that extension. And you wondered, okay, if this team's going into a rebuild, is this the move? Like, you probably have to turn it around pretty quickly if you're doing this. Well, it looks pretty savvy now as you see what he's making. He pots 50, you brought in Panarin, Fox has arrived, uh, Keandre Miller's now playing a big role, and they might have the best goalie in the NHL. That's all of a sudden, how long ago was that letter? Is that still on the desk? Like, that was quick. Do you know that they're, so players with their first 50-goal season at age 30 or over, uh, two Calgary Flames did it. Joey Mullen scored 51 Jeez. when he was uh, 32, 33 years of age. Lanny McDonald scored 66. Lanny had 66. That's a dirty number. 66. God, when you can't love, you think you can't love Lanny anymore. 66. And there's cool. another one here. I'm going to read this out loud just so I can wrap my head around it. Kreider. Eighth player in the last 30 years to reach 50 goals without having 30 or more in a previous campaign. So basically just busting out. I yep. guess you could have 29, 28. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Zabanajad, he's tied a uh, career high for points. There is, it's just points everywhere, like we talked about with Sarah Valley. Everyone's getting points. Rangers, pretty good team. Washington. Cop, cops fit in nicely, too, there. He said some, some big goals assist plays and you knew it right oh yeah he's and that's the type of guy you like him now wait till series you're gonna love me more frank the tank's been scoring capitals uh hang one on the philadelphia flyers nine to two ovi's got 46 on the season with a goal and a helper but is it uh eight to play nine to play with four to go gotta get him 50 huh uh okay four straight wins for the caps and all of a sudden, what's that Pittsburgh's hearing? Footsteps. Nine caps games left right for there. the Caps, only seven for Pittsburgh. They're three back. You don't want to get Ovi 50? I couldn't get a comment out of you. You want Ovi to get 50. Well, of course I do. Thank yeah, you. everybody loves Ovi. We just, didn't, it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way. Go. That goes to show you, you just do a uh, keg stand, chug a bunch of beer. Yeah, go swimming in the fountains of the cup. Get all hammered up. People should love you then for get doing some beers, get some whatever. drunken escapades out in public. I feel like my popularity ratings are through the roof since my public intoxication numbers have gone up. Penguins lost 5-4 in a shootout. Gensel, two goals. Sid, 
two helpers. One, four, and one are the Penguinos in their last six. Brian Burke not happy. Uh, Berkey. Berkey. Berkey's dabbing sweat off of his big brow with his tie, which is undone, hanging around his neck. Uh, Ottawa, four to one. Uh, Stutzel, not one, but two empty netters last night. Uh, two goals and assists for just a... Empty netters. Yeah. Brennan Gallagher says, yeah, big deal. Get up. Get up. Mo Sider picked up assist number 41 of the season. Second most by a Detroit rookie defenseman, Nick Lidstrom, at 49. So when you're in that class, Nick Lidstrom, decent. Jeez. A tilt in uh, in Minnesota yesterday. Tilly. Kind of. Back-to-back losses for the Oilers. And Leon was telling uh, the media yesterday, you don't want to face us in the first don't round. Want any part, don't want any piece of us. They might be right. Look out for us. He scored his 51st. Still, what, a handful back of Austin Matthews? Yeah, seven. 21 power play goals for Dreisaitl. That gives him the most power play goals in a single season in Oiler history. Ryan Jeez. Smith had 20, and Wayne Gretzky had 20. Never heard of him. As for the Wild, 11-1-2 in their last 14 games. Kevin Fiala feeling it. Kaprizov, two assists in his last 12 games. Because remember when the Wild came through and the Flames had home some had success there with them. Nice. Cam Talbot. Was struggling. He was yep. winless in five or six since, basically since then. His last 12 starts, 10-0-2 with a 9.22 save percent. Hung a zero the day after they added Flurry. I'm in. I'm puckered, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm better now. And you talk about Leon and the Oilers. I mean, I think teams are scared shirtless for what can happen if that team offensively gets chances or if there's just a run of power plays. That said, playing round, one and three. First round, 0 and 4. 1 and 7, their last eight playoff type games. You That's hate, not good enough for a team with two superstars. Sorry. You hate to see it. Nashville beat San Jose 1 0, a potential playoff opponent for the Calgary Flames. UC Saros, fourth shutty of the year, 36 wins. No goaltender has more wins than, uh, than Saros. We talk about workload here. They're playing the crap out of Saros. Oh, Jesus. We got Adnan. I forgot about Adnan. Let's bring him on now. Do bring him on. There's so much I wanted to tell you about that two goal night from Igor Sharangovich. No, you didn't. You can't. Fabian Zetterland scored his first NHL goal for the Devils. Last What's time. that? All right, we'll break and we'll come back with uh, with Adnan Verk. He's our MLB insider. I'm gonna talk about Vegas, you jerk. No one has been forgotten about more on this show over the years. No one has a bigger Burke. profile that's been forgotten about. You know what it was? Because I, uh, I, sh- I had my rundown upside down. I was going to lay out some lines for this Flames team. I was going to tell you how we're going to shake this roster up. Well, Daryl was but waiting. But then, uh, then I couldn't see uh, Adnan Verk there at, uh, at 8.35. 8.38. A little too late to get him at 8.35 then, right? Oh, we got what, a seven-minute commercial break? All right, we'll break. Come back with Adnan and what you want to talk about. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yeah, buddies, we are uh, we're getting it done here for you. On uh, what are we gonna call it? A Wednesday? Gosh, feels like a Tuesday. I don't know why. I don't know either. Gotta be honest. I feel like we're due for a short week here at some point. Got a holiday coming up or anything? Gonna play a little something here. See if you uh, recognize the uh, the voice. I shouldn't even be on this show. 
<laughs> well, well, I shouldn't be on this show <laughs> if I'm working open mic night. I shouldn't be on this show. That's right. If That's I'm right. selling hot dogs out in the street. I, if I'm okay, homeless, we get it. We get it. Yeah, oh, right. I shouldn't be on <laughs> this. No one should be on this show. Oh man, I couldn't believe it when I saw ah. yesterday. Gilbert Gottfried, at the age of 67, passing away. Uh, Adnan Verk, not that he was he obviously been in films. He's not, but not really an actor. Did you ever have any uh, cross paths with the great Gilbert Gottfried? Never got a chance, Boomer, but uh, I also share your sadness along with Pinder today at the news. Uh, my friend Scott Rogowski, who I worked with on a little baseball show called Change It, was quite close with Gilbert. Matter of fact, he said he spoke to his wife two days ago when his wife had said, I'm going to take him off life support. So Scott was pretty tight with him, and he said he had a good cry afterwards and was just devastated. He said, you know, it's one of those true pinch me moments. Rogowski is a comedian uh, who grew up admiring Gilbert Gottfried, and he said that Gilbert befriended him, and they get to know each other a little bit and, you know, talk through jokes. And um, it, it reminds me of um, the way great comedians always pass things on. Gary Shaling, famously, who you and I love, Boomer, you know, famously went and saw George Carlin when he was in Tucson, Arizona. And Carlin said, all right, give me your stuff, and you come back tomorrow, I'll give you some notes. And sure enough, he did, and told Gary Shanling, hey, you, you know, if you want to make something of yourself, I think there's, there's some talent here. It's a little raw. You need some sharpening, but there's some stuff here. And similarly, Gilbert Gottfried did that to Scott. So uh, it's always cool when I hear stories like that where, where legends really kind of pass on the wisdom of their comedy to those that are younger than them. I loved his podcast. He was always talking about old movies. He loved old movies like me. And, of course, that voice, that shrill, uh, iconic voice. Um, you, you mentioned it wasn't really known in movies, but there's a few young people around here at MLB Network yesterday who did not know why I was in a gloomy mood. So I had to tell them Gilbert Gottfried died. They had no idea what I was talking about. But I said, well, He's Iago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love that parrot in Aladdin. So, uh, oh, the Aflac duck. Yes, yes. That was very good. So, yeah. and of course, once you hear his voice, it was so uh, inimitable and fearless comedian. I mean, I've been going through some of the stuff. I mean, he was one of the first to joke after 9-11. I mean, he, he would take some chances and go after sacred cows. And uh, I applaud him for it, for his fearlessness, because he was a true original. I, I First, Gilbert Godfrey, remember, I have is he was the principal in Problem Child, which was a very popular movie for for John us. Ritter. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, and I think it was like, mmm, tangy, when he had the, the lemonade. <laughs> it was not lemonade. Problem that, Child did something in there. Yeah, that's all he needed to do, right? Just show up and drop a few lines, and everyone, okay, that's Gilbert Godfrey. That's your work for a day. And he was also in um, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Because I was reading, I did not realize in this, right. uh, I was reading his own, but the fact, yeah, he was, he was briefed on SNL for like, I think, eight episodes in 1980. So years later, reunited with Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Um, it's also wow. interesting, you know, the cameo. Kids love the cameo, right? You have someone give a videotape message to you or an audio message. Apparently, Gilbert Gottfried made a killing off of that. And why not? Because that voice <laughs> is so recognizable. I remember reading a story in Hollywood Reporter, I think it was about a year or two ago, saying he was making like $250,000 a year. And he said, like, it's actually quite busy. He's like, I have to book off, like, you know, 9 a.m. till noon. I just record messages for people, but I'm making a killing off of this because people love his voice, and he would actually put his heart into these one-minute messages. So he actually enjoyed a rebirth late in his career because of Cameo. And one of the more viral ones of late is Canes fans who are notoriously, uh, you know, the, the bunch of jerks, the, the, the right. new market. They had been going crazy paying him to do cameo stuff, and it went viral after the the Kachuk thing that that happened. That's to him. a and m- Canes. Let's go, boys, to more fucking <laughs> m- points in the bag. We are the best. No f- 
cap. Rod the bot is getting us another cup. Top the bar down. That's how it is. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Hysterical. I had not heard that. That's amazing. Good for the cane. Yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, damn. I, I just, yeah, it sucks, man. Um, now, we can talk to you about anything. We can talk baseball. We can talk hockey. We can talk uh, football. Uh, seeing this morning the extension for, uh, I mean, I guess, it's, I guess that's what it costs. Now, Derek Carr, a three-year contract extension with the Raiders, $121.5 million. Another quarterback oh, over $40 million a year. I guess, I guess that's what you pay quarterbacks now. It's crazy, boom, because there's not one soul in the universe who would say Derek Carr is a top five quarterback or a top ten quarterback. Maybe get an argument for top fifteen. So if we are to believe that half of the league, so you are you are half as good as the quarterbacks, that's forty million a year. That's that's staggering to me. That should be a sum. That should be the truly elite quarterbacks. You know, like I said, top five, top seven, top eight, but no. I think Carr is between 11 and 15, and apparently that's the kind of salary he can command. And listen, there's no doubt he's gifted. There's times that Derek Carr looks great, and he can lead the Raiders to victories down the stretch, and he's also really inconsistent. But I suppose they realize he's their guy, and and you nailed it by saying it's the going great. I remember prior to last season, Michael Lombardi said to me, when it comes to Baker Mayfield, he wants $40 million a year, and I said he's delusional. And Mike said, well, of course he is. He's not very good. But if he has a great season, watch out. Somebody will give him $40 million a year. Now, of course, Baker showed his true colors. He's not a perfectly good quarterback. They obviously got Deshaun Watson now. He'll, he'll be jettisoned elsewhere. But the point is, if you feel you're a good quarterback now, you want that Dak Prescott $40 million a year. It's crazy, but that's the way the world is right now. Well, he's the fourth-best quarterback in the division. I don't think it's even up for debate. After Russell Wilson's move there, you have Herbert in there, Patrick Mahomes. Like, this is wild. And, and I guess if you're the Raiders, it's like, well, if we have to downgrade from this, we're never going to win here. Yeah, because it's kind of like the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And I think with Carr, you say, I would say he's a good quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback who can certainly win games, who can be a playoff-level quarterback. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback? I have no idea. Like, I, he has not gone to that next level yet. But I think he's solid, yes. So solid apparently gets you $40 million a year. And, and you're right, Ryan, when you illustrate the quarterbacks he's up against, if he's $40 million a year, then Mahomes should be 60. Like, it's just it's yeah. an odd scale right now. But, but good for him. Timing is everything. We saw it famously with Kirk Cousins. You know, why the hell is he always getting paid in the top five of quarterbacks? Does he happen to have good timing there with Washington, there with Minnesota? So, good for Carr. Timing is everything. Well, it would be one of those things Carr could be telling old, uh, old, old Davis there. It's like, hey, uh, Devontae Adams, you know why he's here, eh? He's my buddy. I kind of... I kind of got him here. Are you happy with Devontae Adams? Sure, you probably need a decent quarterback to throw balls to him too, right? It's No, it's an extension, of course, but it's like, gosh. Learn to throw a football, Adnan. Teach your kids. Your kids got big hands. Can they throw a football? Oof. No, not particularly strong. Although my eldest, he's entering high school, and I told him, you're playing football next year. And he was so excited. I've never let him play. I don't know about you, Boom. I know, Peter, your kids are too small right now. But I never let them play football because I've been so worried about you know concussions, et cetera. But honestly, my eldest, he needs some discipline. So I said, screw it, you're playing football. And he's excited about it. So July 11th to 15th, we got mini camp, which I just think is hysterical. A 14-year-old kid having mini camp. And then August 10th, they start, no pads. And then the first, it's, the season only goes till Halloween, but I can't wait. I'm going to be one of those high school football dads. And he said to me, listen, 
I mean, he's not, he's not, Yusuf is not a particularly strong guy. Like, Listen, buddy, we'll stick you on a corner. Hopefully you'll be fine. Make a couple of interceptions. I'm curious to see how this develops. So I'll get back to you whether or not you can be a football player. I'll know better in a few months. Oh, boy. So how'd you enjoy uh, opening weekend of uh, Major League Baseball? Oh, it was amazing, man. I mean, I, I was talking to a few of the guys here, and I said, you know, I still have PTSD from the lockout. Like, I still, I was so convinced we were dead in the water and that we were going to be pushing this thing to May 1st, if not June 1st. I'm still kind of shocked that there's actual baseball and it's meaningful baseball and it counts and I can enjoy it. So it's been great. And um, it's just the comfort of having it back. I, I really enjoyed watching Red Sox-Yankees that Friday opening day. You know, four-hour game in the Bronx, 11 innings. Your Yankees win thanks to Josh Donaldson. I thought it was a great game. The great Bob Costas was on the call uh, here on MLB Networks. So that was fun. But I also like, my wife laughs at this. I said, I enjoy when I'm kind of tired taking a little snooze when there's baseball out. There's comfort in that as well. So Sunday afternoon, I was really tired. Kids are running around. I'm like, let's take a little cat nap here. But, but the, the soothing sounds of hearing baseball in the background, it just warms my heart. So it's been good baseball in the game. Obviously, Jays and Yankees, good series right now. Back and forth affair. One gets blanked and the other gets blanked. It's just good to have baseball back, no doubt about it. Is, is there going to be more entertaining team than the Mets, given the, the drama that's always there? The owner adamant Ooh. on spending way too much money on everything, but also, you know, if they're healthy, a very good rotation. Like that, that to me is just drama. Yeah, I saw the news today that Taiwan Walker is now going to be hurt for at least a start or two. And on this day in 1962, the Mets played their first ever home game. Think about that. This Mets star crossed franchise which has had a couple of World Series championships. Of course, the Miracle Mets of 69 and the 86 Mets, who all remember with Gary Carr, Keith Hernandez, et cetera. But there's no doubt about it that they're trying to win and just trying to spend their way towards champion, right? They're following George Steinberger's playbook here in New York and saying, all right, let's get $300 million and do this thing. And I liked some of their moves. Of course, Max Scherzer is one of the best pitchers in baseball, even if some would argue, hey, this feels kind of like when they signed Pedro, right? Late in his career, power pitcher isn't what he once was. I'm like, listen, Scherzer almost won the Cy Young last year. I, I will buy big on that guy, even if it's $43 million a year. But to your point, the fact that DeGrom can't start, I mean, DeGrom, you're now legitimately concerned. He was signed to what was an incredibly team-friendly deal. Six-year extension, $137.5 million. And now you're kind of like, mm, I mean, was it really a deal? Because the guy can't pitch. He's not durable enough. He, I think if the Mets got Pinder 15 starts out of DeGrom and he was healthy for the playoffs, they'd take it. It's all right, fine. Just, just start in June or July. Give us half a year. But be good come October. Scherzer, you've got to give us 30 starts. And we've got to hope that Tomlin Walker and these other guys. Uh, Chris Bassett, I think, was a good addition. Here's the thing. Scherzer got all the headlines, but I like their other moves. I like Starling Marte. I like Eduardo Escobar. I like Mark Hanna. So they've made some good moves. They have to hope Lindor gets back to being Lindor. But they should be a good team. And as far as drama is concerned, you're right. In New York, everyone's talking about the Mets, particularly how hapless things could go in a hurry if they don't get healthy. Boom, are you okay with your Yankees? I know you're always the sky's falling. They look okay. No. Not okay. Never mind. No, they're not okay. Good. It's fine. A lot of frustration in the New York, New Jersey area. Boomer's right. Like everyone's like, I can't believe each team has a nice shiny new toy. Hey, the Red Sox got Trevor Story. Hey, the Twins got Carlos Correa. Hey, the Rangers got Simeon Seager. And the Yankees are like, we got Donaldson. Like we got the, he's got like twenty three million a year. He was an MVP five years ago. But okay, here's the thing, Boom, and you know this: if their players actually play to their potential. They'll be good. The problem is a year ago, their offense, you know, the Gallows and Glabers, like those guys were a disaster. Like, you know, Judge and Stanton are going to post. You need your Glabers and your Gallows and your DJ LeMahews and Rizzo's to play well. Then I think you'll be fine. Great bullpen once again.
They gotta let uh, and enough with the haircuts and the shaves. Let the let, let them grow some hair. Yeah, because that's they're just gonna throw a hundred years of history away. I mean, you're 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 not spending like you used to, but you're clinging on to this stupid haircut beard thing. Get out of here. Get out of here. It is a little stupid. Like, I mean, we're we're trying to clean things up for MLB Network. We're saying no ties now in some of our Ooh. shows. Which I mean, we were. We were leading a revolt here, guys. I said nobody in corporate America or Canada, for that matter, wears a tie anymore. You can't go to any office and see anyone wearing a tie. The most important person in the company is wearing a suit with a shirt and no tie. So let's go no tie. So we are, we are pushing through no tradition here. I'm with you. The Yankees, if a guy wants to have a goatee, for God's sakes, and it's going to make him feel better about himself, like Isaiah Connor falefa now that he's shorn of his beard at shortstop, he looks like he's lost a little power, what little power he already had. Like it's like Samson. Some of these guys need that hair to produce. Let them be hairy and let them go. That's what I keep. That's what I keep saying. That's what, yeah. Is that what? You that's what saying? I keep saying. <laughs> let them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Vert. Good to talk to you, buddy. Have a great week. We'll do it again. I think on Tuesday next week. Oh, okay, a day late, but not a dollar short. Never. Hopefully we'll reconvene next Tuesday. Sounds <laughs> good, buddy. Be good. There he is. Adnan. Thanks, Vert. boys. See you, buddy. Time for what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe, your experts in automatic door service repairs and replacements. Uh-huh. Visit CalgaryLockandSafe.com. All right, 969 60s, how you, uh, you get in on it? Um, what are we talking about? After listening to Boomer After Dark, I'm impressed by how well Pinder can switch it up to shirt bombs. What's, a, what's what pros do? Well, we have lots of reps. I wouldn't say they're all good reps, but it's been, um, you know, a thousand or so, a couple yeah. thousand shows. Not trying to take anything away from Kreider, but I'd say 40 of his 50 goals have been deflections or tap-ins from a foot out. Cool. Even better. Yeah, Those I are high traffic, uh, tough area goals. Good for him. If, if it, Style points? Uh, no. Yeah, if it were easy, I think a lot of guys would be like, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm deflecting or tapping them in, but I'm getting 50 of them. Yeah, but how many were lacrosse goals, Dean? Yeah. Because uh, as as uh, I feel like Vladar will start against Vegas. No, has been getting some of the hard matchups. Plus, gives a bit of a break for Markstrom. I feel like we need to be kind of done yeah. guessing. That'll be the well, one thing. Especially about, on a home start, there's just been like two of them. <laughs> I don't know. Just with how long Daryl has talked about Edmonton and Vegas being the teams that you got to beat in the division and in the West. But then he also compliments Colorado and gives them Vladar twice. So, I don't know. Like I, I have no clue. I wonder if you look at Vegas and say, if we can beat the Vegas Golden Knights, that's a big blow to their playoff chances and never say it publicly, but I'll take Nashville or Dallas over over Vegas. If you're going to see Vegas, it's going to be in round two, not round one. That's kind of what the probabilities are telling you. But either, if Vegas but either is getting way. in, you're going to probably see them play Edmonton in round one rather than LA. I, I don't know. I mean... It certainly is a team they could face in the playoffs. So I wonder how that changes Daryl's view of the game. I think the Nashville games, the one game against Dallas, those are curious games to see tactically what he does or doesn't do. Uh, if Carr gets 40, what's Lamar Jackson looking at? I mean, that's the thing. Lamar well, Jackson. Lamar, because Lamar has sort of been a little, you know, ooh, not a great year. What about Justin Herbert in division? What's he going to get? Jackson's just kind of been sitting there. No, I'm going to just play out the season, see how it goes. 
Oh, because basically what it is, quarterbacks are going to want to. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I get it. Like I think Herbert's probably a fifty million dollar quarterback now, isn't he? If if Carr's worth forty, are you kidding me? I'd pay the extra ten million to get a way better quarterback that's younger. Uh, did Chucky get the Hattie last night? They announced one of them as Hannafin. Did they give it to Chucky? Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure did. what they happened there. I'm not sure what they were looking at into the sauce up in the press box. No kidding. That was obvious. It was pretty clear that. Uh, I don't want to take shots at the office officials, but you guys got to stop drinking so heavily. Yeah, like schnapps after the game, boys. Boys, there's a lot of post game time. Put the put the the flask back into the into the shirt pocket for at least another 20, 30 minutes. Maybe start sipping in the third, but don't show up in the bag, guys. You can't show up hammered in the bag. What do we got tomorrow? Benny uh, we got Ben Wagner tomorrow, which will be uh, hey. He's been real kind with his time with us, and it's an interesting team right now. That, that we got games three and four of that series with the Yankees, and there's going to be a lot of the Yankees in the next, uh, I want to say, six weeks with the Jays. Yeah. If you're a Yankees fan, you might get sick of the Blue Jays. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you might get sick of the Yankees. Justin Bourne tomorrow? Borney as well. Borney. It's uh, two cats on social media the other day. Very popular. Is it's that right? Got cats. Oh, I thought you meant like, like he was hip. Like he, hip he's, happened he's that cat. too. Yeah. 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 Uh, what you want to talk about brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Flames talk coming. See you tomorrow, buddies.